champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Yeah, mate. Yeah, he's the DB of the show, and we are black in sports. We're giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. And today, we're bringing you inside the locker room where we talk about the topics in and around the game. MH, you ready to do this? Yes, sir. All right, man. So making a special appearance inside the locker room, we're bringing back our guy, Jerome Sapp. You may remember him from episode six. Or maybe Bill Belichick calling him one of the smartest guys in the interview during the combine, or just as a Notre Dame Harvard graduate. How, however, you remember him, man. We glad to welcome him inside the locker room and talk about a new venture he got. So dropping another exclusive, man. What's up, Jerome? How you doing? Oh man, I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? <laughs> oh, we good. You know, it's it's about that time, man. And uh, just excited with what you got to go got going on, man. So without further ado, I'm. I'm I'm excited about that intro you just gave me, man. I need to I need to I need to take you on the road with me, man. Hey, there you go, man. Hey, if we if we need to do another couple of rounds of investing, man, you know I'll, I'll hype it up for you, man. Yeah, man. So let's talk about it, man. It was so great to, to to catch back up with you, man. And I mean, this won't be the last time you're on the show. Just from you know our, our intro interview, there was so much stuff that we can talk about, and of course, COVID hit and changed a lot of the the things we want to do. Yeah, man. But but today, man, uh, I was able to catch back up to you, and you were just letting me know because uh, you're always working, <laughs> always got something going, yep. and uh, you're launching yep. this new tech venture, man. So tell us, it's uh, called Gentrify, correct? Yeah, it's, it's called Gentrify, and um, basically, in a nutshell, you know, we figured out a way to turn sneakers into investments. Hold on, um, hold on, you know, okay. That's, that's, say, yeah, that's, that's, say it again, turn perfect. sneakers into investments. Turn collectible, yep, collectible sneakers, you know, your Jordans, your, your Yeezys, you know, your Off-White, you know, all the collabs. You know, that, that whole um, idea of waiting in line and, you know, waiting for lottos or, or, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, that, that becomes an access issue where a lot of people don't have access to that. You know, only maybe 5% of the, the population will win the lotto to, to be able to buy these shoes at retail or, you know, most people don't have the time to wait in line to when the new shoe drops. Right. So, you know, for me, you know, I wanted to solve that access and opportunity issue. So... You know, my background is in finance, specifically derivatives. Um, and while I was at Harvard, I learned a lot about alternative assets and figured out there's a lot of interesting things you can do financially with alternative assets, uh, sneakers being one of them, meaning, you know, the type of sneakers that we deal with are the ones that appreciate in value. Okay. You know, I don't think a lot of people truly understand that the sneaker industry is a $55 billion a year global industry and you know it's it's outperformed gold the s&p 500 apple stock and so on and so forth it's a very lucrative business if you know what you're doing you know what sneakers to buy and you know what sneakers are going to appreciate it's a whole buy low sell high thing so for me it was like man like the problem is most people can't get their hands on Mm -hmm. rare vintage (laughs) or hype drop sneakers why don't you why don't we figure out a way to turn these into investments? So literally we securitize sneakers. We 
we buy a pair, we buy a sneaker. Uh-huh. We actually IP, we IPO that sneaker on our platform that's tell, launching very soon. And, and tell the people what the IPO is. I'm sorry, that is that's that's called an initial public offering. Yep. Just like just like any stock, when a company launches and goes public, they have an IPO, which is initial public offering, which basically says, "Hey, public, I'm going public now, and you have the opportunity to own a piece of this company." via the stock market. You can buy shares in my company. And we're doing the same exact thing for sneakers. So we'll we'll split that sneaker into just say just say two thousand shares. So two thousand individuals um, can buy a share in that shoe or, or you know a few individuals can buy several hundred shares in that sneaker. Right. And basically when the the value of the sneaker appreciates, rises, the, so does the shares you own in that shoe. Just like any other traditional stock. So, you so guys, the same way as invest, same way when you invest in Apple or or Tesla, you know, when the company's value goes up, so does the value of the shares you own in that company. Nice. So I wanted to do the same thing for sneakers because you know, for example, a 1985 OG Air Jordan One Chicago, you know, is 20 grand. You know, if you can get your hands on it, uh-huh. and you know, but most people can't get their hands on it. So for us, we have, I think probably 20 pair of those original 1985 Jordans. So we'll IPO that shoe and allow, you know, you know, hundreds of people to invest in that shoe. And that sneaker is constantly going up in value. It's a commodity. That's crazy. Um, So if you, if you get into the IPO, you own a piece of, piece of that sneaker virtual, it's basically fractional shares Uh in a, in a sneaker. Um, and then the cool thing is, if you don't get in on the, I, the, the IPO on our platform, mm-hmm. all this is done on our platform. It's a, it's a. Essentially, we created a, a stock market like platform. So that's what I was going to um, ask. So you created your own marketplace, yeah, then? We we literally created our own marketplace. That's and I know amazing. a lot of people are like, well, how? A lot of people are like, well, how are you different than StockX? And mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is, well, first of all, StockX is, is awesome. They did a they they did a great job of. Um, creating a, a buy-sell marketplace for sneakers. But essentially, they are eBay for sneakers, though. You can buy and sell sneakers on StockX. For us, you're actually dealing with real security. Literally, you're dealing with... We're, we're qualified by the SEC. FINRA regulations. So the shares you buy in these shoes are literally real security, just like a, a stock when you're dealing with stocks and, and everything with the stock market. So that's how we're different. You're, you're buying shares in a particular sneaker. You're yeah. not actually buying the sneaker. However, once that sneaker plateaus in value, meaning, you know, we've, we've had it, it's IPO'd, it's on the platform. We've okay. had it for a few months. Right. And the, the value kind of plateaus. We'll auction that sneaker off on our platform that anyone can buy that sneaker. And that's how, you know, essentially people will make money and from investing in it too, essentially, if, if the shoe is just say worth twenty thousand dollars, and someone buys it for thirty thousand, then everyone who's invested in it just money, basically. So um, that's big. That's what it is, man. It's it's a new concept. You know, once we launch, you know, it's gonna it's gonna create a lot of buzz. We've all you know, we've already done interviews with with um, Black Enterprise and a few other uh, big name companies. So. Yeah, it's essentially giving access and opportunity, especially to those communities mm-hmm. who who created a lot of the value and the popularity around sneakers, but haven't been able to participate in the in value of it. You know, where, where I grew up, I couldn't afford 
sneakers. <clears throat> I mean, I, I couldn't afford my uh, Jordans, you know, but we talked about it. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, we made them popular. Um, yeah, we were skipping we school. We were waiting in line. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Um, but, you know, a lot of people from where I grew up, at, you know, can't participate in the secondary value of it like the corporations can. Right. So now we're, we're, we're given that access and, and ultimately the opportunity to make money off of it via a new a new way, uh, uh, basically a stock market, wow. uh, literally a new stock market. That's so awesome. That's, that's what that's that's gentrify. So you know the, the the name gentrify was actually interesting. I thought about it and <laughs> the actual definition of gentrify well, is you... to to improve, right, or to to make <laughs> to make something better. And you know, for us, that's what we're doing to with a segment of the, the, the sneaker culture. Right, we're, we're making it easier for people to. to to make money off these assets, these sneaker assets, and I'm glad in, you in a more refined way. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, really touched on that, right? Because that was the first thing you know we came by. You sent us the stuff, and I was looking. I was like, Yeah, I had to double take myself. I was like, Hold on, like I know this brother here. I was like, <laughs> Is this that? Yeah. Well, let me look at it. You know, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. really glad that. Uh, so, so that's that's interesting. So for us, gentrify. We're we're literally regentrifying the culture, meaning. So we're allowing people, you know, that, that made the culture hot, an ability to come back in and take advantage of what they created value for. Mm-hmm. So right. it's essentially a regentrification of the sneaker culture. And as I was saying, literally the term gentrify means to improve or to take something or an old way of doing something and making it better. And that's what we're literally doing with a portion of the, the sneaker market, you know. You know, obviously people are still going to wait in line and buy sneakers and actually physically own the shoe. But for us, for those people who really just want to deal with the value aspect of it, hey, invest in it. Invest in fractional shares in it. And now you have a better way of making money off sneakers, an easier way, a more refined way. Right. And it teaches you other things. So that's awesome. And I would think 90% of the the culture probably just wants the value of the shoe rather than actually owning the shoe. Right. I mean, you. Absolutely. You hit it right on the head, man. There's. There's hardcore sneakerheads that all that they they want the shoe, they want to smell the shoe, they want to touch the shoe, they want to wear the shoe, <laughs> and that, and that's cool. Right, that's cool. They they're all about the sneaker, and I and I'm I'm partly that guy too. But then you have a segment of society that's like, you know what? I'm I'm in this game to flip the shoe to make money. You know, right. I'm buying low and selling high, and there's a lot of people like that. So we're essentially targeting those people, um, but also for that hardcore sneakerhead. A lot of them will, will actually buy a shoe and own the shoe, but now they can actually invest in the shoe. Because one of the one of the issues with sneakerheads is the space, right? They got all these shoes and they run out of space. So right. like, where am I going to put one more shoe? So <laughs> like now, hey, you don't need to physically own the shoe to make money off of it. Just like a stock. You don't have to physically own a piece of Apple. You just have a, a stock certificate, and now you're making money off of it. The same way you would, you know, with, with, with a, a Air Jordan, basically. So... Um, yeah, to your point, man. Yeah, we're, we're we're catering to a wider range of, of people who see the, the sneaker culture as literally a way to to make money. You know, the flipping shoes. I mean, there's 15, 16 year olds out there right now making millions of dollars a year. Yeah. You know, going to outlet stores and buying shoes that nobody knows worth anything and flipping it on the secondary market. You yes. know, which which I think is is amazing. So yeah. Man, it's 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 a brilliant uh a concept when I when 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 EJ sent over the the website and I looked at it and I said, Man, this is a really, really brilliant concept. So I it, it mentioned two of the other uh 
other partners that you're working with on this. How how did the concept, I guess, start? Like, where where did that originate from? That's a good question. I was at Harvard, man, and I just left a class on um, alternative assets. So when I say alternative assets, those are assets that you may not see on the stock market but have value, and that can be anything, man. I, I think you guys remember when Arian Foster, the, the ex-running back, former running back for the Houston Texans, he was IPO'd, actually. There was a company that literally IPO'd him mm-hmm. and allowed investors to invest money today, gave him money today for, his for 20% of his, 20% of his future earnings. Um, and I remember thinking, man, that's, that's, that's incredible. Like you can actually securitize an athlete, a human based on, you know, the, the revenue potential. Always thought, man, that's a clever idea, but wrong sport, wrong position, you know, obviously <laughs> right back, you know, in football, but that got me interested in it. And I was always a sneakerhead. And around that time, the, the, this so-called underground urban, which it kind of is to a degree, but uh, sneaker market started to become very mainstream and, and corporate. Right. Because you, you got all these co- companies like Nike, Adidas, and so on and so forth, spending billions on wanting to know what the new trends will be and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, there was real corporate dollars being spent in the sneaker world. So. I was like, man, what if you can turn a sneaker into an asset? Because I, I mean, into a, a, an investment. Because I knew the type of sneakers I'm talking about. There's thousands of them, and they, they all they do is appreciate. Because mm-hmm. Nike does a great job of controlling supply and demand. That's that's the biggest thing. They're never going to flood the market with particular with certain shoes. Absolutely. So then you have uh, over, you know, you have a, a surplus of demand for this shoe, and which drives the prices the way they do. Um, so for me, it was like, well, shoot. If, if you can create value by not flooding the market, because that's the thing, we're not saturating the market with with, with um, supply either, um, but but still giving people the opportunity to re- re- retrieve the value out of that sneaker virtually via stock, I thought you, could, you would have something. So to answer your question, it literally, I was at Harvard and I was thinking about <laughs> how can I make money off sneakers in a, in a, in a very um, robust way, and this right. is what I came up with. So at the time, it was, the, the tools, the, the 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 laws didn't really allow it, but uh, when President Obama left office, you know one of the things he wanted to do, and what he did do, uh, to spark investment and allow for you know small business and uh, literally allow for unaccredited investors to participate in in, in um, capital raises, he made changes to to um, Regulation A um, and the Jobs Act, and that that small change that he made literally opened the door for what we're doing. Um, so I researched that <laughs> actually found a company called rally road who started doing it for collectible automobiles, oh, okay. so vintage automobiles. So, you know, if you don't have a million dollars for a 1985 Lamborghini Kuta, you know, you know, you, you, you out of luck, right? You don't have access. <laughs> I don't have the money. Right. But if, if you securitize that vehicle, and you, you turn it into 5,000 shares, and each share is maybe worth 10,000 or 5,000, that's more digestible. So right. you can literally own a piece of that vehicle. So when that vehicle continues to appreciate, however much you own in shares will appreciate as well, and then you can cash out. So I was like, man, that's exactly what I want to do like for, for sneakers. Yep. And the, the cool thing is sneakers is a lot more um, volatile, meaning there's a lot more transactions 
there's millions of transactions a day for sneakers. Um, on StockX, on GOAT, you know, they're used to buying and selling. So I knew, okay, now introduce a way to, to trade shares in, in a real stock market. And, you know, I, you know, and for a lot of people, this will be their first investment too. And that's, that's the part. Cool. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. the part I wanted to hit on with you. I think this is, that's why I said it is it's brilliant because this is a lot. I'm just now getting into stocks and investing in, I was talking with my dad about this, but I, I look on the sneaker app weekly, right? And I've waited yeah. a million lines on sneaker app and have yeah. failed a million times <laughs> of trying to secure a shoe. Yeah. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, for, for example, the fear of gods, I mean, I finally got a pair, but I just wanted to own a piece of it, right? I just wanted to own a, a piece yeah. of all black fear guys. And I think this is a brilliant way to, to get people into investing in stocks. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And you're exactly right, man. Most people have this um, this quasi fear of the stock market because it's it's this big thing that they they've heard about, but they don't they're not really educated on it, right. you know. Um, so the, so it's almost like an unknown world, and you know, and they don't want to lose their money, which is actually smart. <laughs> um, but this is something that you know, to a degree, most younger people or most people in general kind of have an idea. Like you know, Jordans are certain Jordans are worth something, you right. know, and, you know, so you, you already come into it with some level of knowledge of the asset. Now it's an easy investment. You know, these shoes are going to go up for the most part, you know, unless, you know, something in the market happens. So, yeah, you know, one of the things I'm proud about is, you know, for, you know, certain communities, this is an easy way to get them into, you know, learning about stocks and securities and, and things of that nature uh, while still allowing them to make money too, you know. Mm, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that it's a tangible yeah. item, I think that helps, right? Because when you start thinking about stock yeah. and something big, like when you talk about, you know, investing in Apple, well, of course, it's even harder to get into an Apple share right now. But when you just talk about these yeah. major companies and things like that, it's just sometimes beyond the scope. But when you talk about the tennis shoes and we've all been through knowing the, the newest release and, you know, the, the it, it's a whole culture, like you said. So I, I think it's, it's amazing that you're doing this. So quick yeah. question for you. Outside of sneakerheads, yep. who else would like get into this? Or are there people that you know maybe low level stock investors and people to do stock uh, penny stocks and eat like who who is like the suggested target market? You know, that's a great question, man. You you hit it right on the head. You know, day traders, people who who just want to make money, who are just looking for an arbitrage opportunity. Meaning, hey, I don't care what the asset is, if it's going to make me money, I'll I mean, trade it. Right, you know? <laughs> and you know, so you have those people. Uh, then you have people who, you know, will invest for nostalgic reasons. Maybe they wore Air Jordan one, you know, at their high, first high school football game, you know, and they want to, they want to own a piece of their youth, you know, a, a happy time for them. So they may come in and they, you know, they're more collectible type people. They're like, Oh man, like I remember wearing this shoe. Like I can own a piece of it, a fractional share of it and make money off of it. Um, and then you then you have you know your then you have your hardcore sneakerhead that we've talked to. Now they're not going to be our primary uh, demographic, but once we go to auction off that that shoe, oh, there. once the value has kind of plateaued, they'll come in and, and bid in the auction for it. Um, to actually physically now own the they want to buy the shoe now type thing. Nice. Um, so it's, it's it's actually a pretty pretty robust demographic. So you got your you know your your, your day traders, you got your nostalgic people. Um, then you got your, your your people who love the sneaker culture but love the financial aspect more than just the purists. The purists love the sneakers, mm-hmm. whereas the other ones, 
who love the culture love the, the, the financial gain you can get out of it. So there's a, there's a few different type of people um, that we appeal to. Um, but in the end, it's, it's, it's stocks. We're literally dealing with securities regulated by the SEC. And, you know, the, the tagline I came up with, you know, I, I love it because it says everything about it. The tagline is invest in the culture. Yep. And that's essentially what we're allowing you to do. And when I say culture, we've all been a part of it. We all did our part to make this sneaker culture what it is. Whether you bought a pair of Jordans, you talked about a pair of Jordans, um, you know, so this is your chance to invest in that culture. You, you played a hand in making popular or valuable, which in turn ultimately made the whole sneaker industry valuable. Man, so absolutely. this is your opportunity to invest in it. Yep. That's yep. awesome. So, um, now you said you're creating your own market. So how will this market be kind of, um, put out to the community? Is it an app you guys are creating or is it like, I'm going to have to go call my Edward Jones person or Merrill Lynch. Like what, what yeah. t- talk to me a little bit about that, the application of it. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a fully functional market we're creating. So once we launch, we'll have an app. We'll also have a website where you can do it on the desktop, but obviously most people will use the mobile app, which right. would be a trading platform. And we have broker-dealers, so any trade you make, there's a broker-dealer on the other end of it, matching you with the buyer or seller of your shares. So it's it's, it's real. It's a, it's a stock market. So that's your question. Well, it's, it's basically mobile trading. Right. And if, and there's, second, there's secondary trading, too, meaning if you didn't get in on the IPO of a particular sneaker, but you know that sneaker's going up in value, just say you bought that shares for ten dollars a share uh-huh. i can come in and say hey man like you know i really love, wanted this shoe i really and i know it's valuable i'll pay you twelve dollars a share for the shoe and that's how people can liquidate their positions too and make mm-hmm. money in the app with secondary trading so it, it's a fully encompassed marketplace for trading that that'll that will launch uh, via lap and um and just desktop as well that's fantastic man yep. well and this is and, big uh, too oh go ahead go ahead go ahead I was going to say one more thing, man. The, the, the thing that also makes us very unique is it's social. You know, we're, we're coming up with the, the concept of social investing. So there's a, there's a social aspect, social media aspect to what we're doing. Because one of the biggest things about the sneaker culture is when, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of people have their opinions on different things. And obviously there's a lot of long waiting in line and a lot of people talking, a lot of blogs and All you know, YouTube shows. So <laughs> the ability for people to communicate with each other via the app or need to follow your investments. If I know you're a, a sneakerhead yeah. and you know what you're investing in, yeah. I can basically follow you what you invest in. If you make your profile public. Ooh. So, you know, it's going to be really, uh, <laughs> gonna be fun man i can't wait till we launch oh this is me too well i already knew when when you were talking i was like oh miles i can't wait to tell you about this thing that's about to pop off man so um now so this is really big too for the you know the afro tech man and i know you've always kind of had a a passion about that tell me some of the 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 troubles you've had right because we hear about it but you've experienced it man well you know and i'm glad you touched on it man and Afrotech is huge, and, I, and it's, it's, it's making a renaissance. And, you know, I've, to answer your question, man, it's been tough. So I've I've been that guy in the Silicon Valley in meetings, and, you know, they, they just wanted to meet with me because I was an ex-professional athlete, but right. didn't really take me serious as a tech entrepreneur, even though I had all the, the credentials and the concepts and, you know, every, every you know, I, I, I belonged, but they didn't treat me that way. 
because something about me didn't look familiar to them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't look, you know, I, I wasn't your typical, uh, I didn't look like your typical uh, tech entrepreneur, right. which is one of the issues. It's, it's familiarity type thing, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, I go in these meetings and it's a complete waste of time. You know, they had no interest in investing any money in me. Um, or they want to invest money, but they, 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 they treat you as if, you don't know what you're doing, so they want to take over take everything. Out, yeah. mm. You know, and, and which, which, so, 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 I understand to a certain degree, some people need to have a hand in it. They're putting money in it, which I understand. But to a certain degree, you know, you got to let the founders live out of, you know, prove out their vision too. So I got a lot of that. Was well, hey, you know, I put money in, but hey, you know, I'm gonna own seventy to eighty percent of your company, <laughs> and you're just gonna be the the face, the face. of it. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, you know. Um, so with this idea, man, I literally told myself I wasn't going to do it unless I financed it myself. You know, obviously there's going to be a point where we need to scale and we'll take on investment dollars. So that was my um, next question. So you, you self-funded yeah. this first, but you are going to be looking, like you said, maybe as a proof of concept, as you get rolling to grow it and expand it, you'll yep. be looking at other rounds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. We'll, we'll be looking, uh, looking for other investors. Actually, what we've started that process now, just. People seeing what we've—I mean, the technology is already built. Okay. Um, we're we're just troubleshooting right now before we launch. So investors have seen what we built and they've seen how unique it is, and you know, even our algorithms to we have our own way of valuing an asset or a sneaker. Yeah. You know, so um, but yeah, awesome. I've self-financed it to this point, uh, which I love because you know, not only can I see the vision that I've created kind of come to pass, but you know, the, 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 I've been able to deal with the people that I know are perfect for this, you know, yeah. in terms of hiring people for marketing to obviously my, my lead engineers, my, my operations people. So, yeah. so talk about yeah, your team really it, quick. It, it, Was that, uh, you got a yeah. small group that uh, you helped formalize this with you? Absolutely, man. I have a small but very efficient team. So one of my team members actually did operations for actually Tesla, Porsche, He's an op guy. Yeah. You know, he knows operations. He knows technology. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he worked on both ends of it, from the operation and the, the back end tech side. Um, you know, and he's a he's a Cornell um, MBA as well. Um, also, most of my team are minorities too. Um, I had the head of marketing Jeez. from Cameroon, um, and he has a MBA from Penn State. Let's go. Um, went to Ohio State. My lead engineer is from Cameroon as well. Um, just a brilliant mind. You know, I always tell people, man, when I get on the phone with my team, sometimes I have to check myself and be like, man, <laughs> you need to wake up. You know, like, you, you, need to, you need to wake up, you know, so you understand exactly what, what's going on because just the, the high level of conversation and, and mm-hmm. concepts that are thrown around, you know. Uh, we also got a, a, a actually a data scientist from Nike, too, who joined the team. So, you know, a lot of the data we're collecting, a lot of the algorithms we're creating, you know, really filling holes in the industry that a lot of companies like Nike are missing, basically. Right. So, um, you know, we're, you know, we, we have the team we need right now, but, you know, we, we definitely need to scale and we'll be, we'll need to scale very quickly once we launch. I love it, man. Yep. So, awesome. yep. um, when you do that next round, is it only in credit, uh, accredited investors that you'll be looking for or how is that going to be set up and do you know yet? Um, uh, well, no, we, I know for a fact you don't have to be an accredited investor. 
Um, but the thing we're, we're figuring out now is what our investment minimums will be gotcha. um, for the company. That makes sense. Um, that's what that's what we're figuring out now. I mean, we actually have a lead investor <laughs> ready to take the lead on our rounds, um, <laughs> and we have a lot of um, what we call seconds, uh-huh. people who are looking to put in you know two hundred, three hundred thousand behind that. So, but you know, at this point, we don't we literally don't need the money, which. From a leverage standpoint, that's it's a also, great place you know, to be in. <laughs> that's sure. a great yeah. place. You know, um, so it's good to you know have meetings with these people and not need to ask them for anything afterwards. It's really just, hey, look what I'm creating. Hey, stay tuned. We'll be in touch. You know, nice. what I'm saying so. Um, you that's know, dope. it's a blessing for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm fired up yeah. about this, Jerome. Man, I, I can't wait till it launches. I definitely will be in participating in that. As a shoe head, okay. uh, as a as a junior shoe head, and, and yeah. talking to you, give me just your your if you were to say like a Mount Rushmore of of, of sneakers, what would that be? Top five. Oh man, that's a good one. <clears throat> Top five. I mean, you got to start with um, Air Jordan One, and I think um, for me it would be the bread. You know, the nineteen eighty five mm-hmm. Air Jordan One bread. I mean that that shoe really was the one that kicked. That literally kicked off this sneaker industry into into the cosmos. It was Definitely. the first just kind of shoe that was so different, and everyone wanted it, and it was in every magazine, and it really made it a global product. I mean, oh, obviously, it was already a global product, but that when that bread came out, it was like, oh man, like wow. <laughs> um, so also uh, the the Yeezy Red October for yeah. me, uh-huh. it, you know, it was it's so loud and it's so. It's so Kanye, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a perfect Kanye, you know. So, you know that 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 would be, um, I guess, my second choice. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, the the Air Max uh, calls um, the Air Max calls K A W S the, mm-hmm. the the black and lime green. I mean, for yep. me, I'm an Air Max guy too. So, I love that sneaker. Um, we actually have a pair that we're gonna um, IPO too. Um, <laughs> and then there's, a, there's, there's actually a shoe called the Nike Airship. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. No, um, that's that's a new one for me. No, okay. Which 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 is interesting. So it's the first shoe Michael Jordan wore his rookie year, 1984. Um, while the Air Jordan was in production, Nike put him in the Nike Airship. Um, and a lot of people never knew about that, but Nike just added it to the the Jordan mm-hmm. lineage as kind of a precursor to the Jordan. Nice. Um, and it was, it actually was the first shoe that was banned. It wasn't the Air Jordan. It was the Nike Air Ship okay. that came out in the a bread colorway. But, yeah, we, we have a pair of those as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's cool, man, to really go back in history and see a lot of a lot of these shoes that you've read about or, you know, you've seen in magazines and, and now you, you, you own. Uh, and, and, and now you're going to give investors have a chance to own a piece of and then eventually own as well. So it's really cool, man. Um, and like I said, after that, it's, it, you know, it's a toss up, man. I, you know, I, I like, I'm an Air Max guy, but I'm also a Jordan guy. So, um, you know, it's a toss up after, after the airship, I guess, yeah. in terms of my, that's a hell of a lineup though. Uh, <laughs> that's a yeah. hell of a lineup. Yeah. All right, man. So yeah. wrapping things up. Give us some important dates, man. If you could tell us like when you're launching, when, when, you know, the website can go out, um, and, and things of that nature. Oh, and also sure. uh, any, sh- uh, social platforms. Cause I know that's going to be big. So I, like, I know when we yep. started this show before we actually did our first episode, we, we put our social out there to start gaining momentum. So 
please share that with us and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Sure. So the, the company will have our soft kind of marketing launch November 25th. Well, essentially, you can go on the platform, you can look at the IPOs, and you won't be able to invest in them yet, but you'll be able to click to say, hey, I'm interested in joining into this IPO when the platform is up and open for investing. And then we'll send you updates on that IPO. We'll send you updates on that particular sneaker that we're IPOing. And then obviously, once we open completely up for investing, you'll, you'll be able to go into that, that IPO. That's fantastic. Um, the website is the website is called gentrify.io, um, and then also that's the uh, the social handles too gentrify.io. Um, that's the Twitter, obviously um, Instagram, and then LinkedIn as well. So, and the IG as well. Uh, they can go and the IG as well. So you know you could go on the website now and read up you know, FAQs and just find out everything you need to really know about the company. You can watch our animated video that really gives you a cool kind of visual understanding of how this works. Um, okay, so yeah, we have I mean, that link. Is that okay for us to share that? I didn't know if that was okay for us to share that because we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You can share that. Yep. All right. And then the official launch and what we're shooting for, and you know, like you said, with technology, but your official launch where things get rolling and for real is going to be January 1, correct? Yeah, January 1. We're going to make a New Year's launch and really do it up really big. So January 1 will be our official launch. I love it. I love it, man. Well, hey, as always, man, thank you. We appreciate you. We got the official exclusive. You know, we up there with Forbes. You're doing Forbes interviews and you're doing Black and Sports. So we really appreciate (laughs) you, man. (laughs) No, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. No, absolutely, man. You you do the thing, man. So we want to thank our guests. We want to thank the people for listening. You know, there's a lot of power and things behind this. So we're always going to be promoting and pushing this as much as we can. So all those launch dates, you'll be looking to see stuff on our social media. Um, this is black entrepreneurial stuff, you know, black Afro tech. And we just got to salute, you know, drawing what you're doing, man. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you, the people for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please, please share this show. All right. Because it's important for the culture. And just like his, t- uh, his tag said, Invest in your culture, all right? So please follow us on all of your social media platforms and wherever you listen to podcasts. We are Black in Sports. Uh, practice, be safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody black. Uh-huh, yeah Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black Yo, 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 yo Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black Spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.